Hey, listen to Commander Kuko Podcast, episode 101. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today we're going to kick off the arc of the Untitled by showing why Ryan won Scumbag of the Year this year. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? A whole bunch is going down. we got a new arc to start. we got a new giveaway to talk about. And we're going to show everybody that while over the last few weeks you have been decrying me for falling down the stacks hole and becoming a scumbag, you are in fact the one who has become a scumbag. Dude, I would, would like nothing more than to talk about this list at length, but my voice is so screwed. From when we went to WWE Live Road to WrestleMania last night. Yes, good radio voice. <laughs> we bought the entire seat, but we only needed the edge. I know that's a, that's a trite one, but I like it. Uh, I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. You know what I did buy? I bought a little toy belt for my, my kid. <laughs> <laughs> and you so, guys were having the most fun with it. Dude, and I gave it to him this morning, and he immediately knew what it was. He's, he's like 15 months old. And he walked over to me and I was like, look what daddy's got. And I hold it down in front of him and he looks at it and smiles and looks at me. He grabs it, holds it up, like two <laughs> hands in the air, holds it up. Nice. Like it's Braun a championship Strowman. belt, like Braun Strowman. It was so awesome. I dig it. Yeah, super sweet. But uh, not a wrestling podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. As much as the ending of the 100th episode and this last minute might indicate. Oh, dude, we were like... Right on our Royal Rumble predictions. We were. Braun Strowman did not win the Rumble. Uh, neither did Charlotte Flair, but that's okay. Uh, Becky Lynch is always good. Dude, Charlotte, we, we, we were pretty pretty hard on Charlotte Flair, and she got second. I picked Braun Strowman, and he got second, and you picked Seth Rollins, and he won. And then he must have got hurt because he was advertised for the show here in Saskatoon, and he wasn't there. Yeah, for real, right? What a bunch of crap. We're still not a wrestling podcast. <laughs> Dude, episode 101. We're, we're, we're coming along to our, our actual two-year anniversary with episode 104. Yeah, and <laughs> y- you, know what's, you know what's funny? It feels like we're starting over. It kind of does, we, yeah. We're on ep- like number one in the next 100 episodes, and we're throwing back to like our first episode ever. Yeah, episode zero, the pilot, Zatahedron Grinder. Yeah, should we give her a read to tease and then do a bunch of other stuff? Absolutely we should. Zatahedron Grinder, for those of you who do not remember, is a 3-3 three, three for 4 goblin ally and she has, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery that targets her, or only her, you copy it targeting every other creature you control. Super cool. Very neat. Yeah, right? And uh, since the original episode, Zada's gotten a reprint in Masters 25. At Uncommon? Yeah, so you could use her in your Popper Commander deck. Hmm. Uh, And I think she'd be a damn good Popper Commander because most of the spells that go into the list are like commons. That's true. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Zada effect. We're going to refresh everybody on that. We're going to talk about some of the cards in this list. After we go through a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Social media coordinates real quick. We're CCO Podcast and CCO Brando on Twitter. And we are CCO Podcast on tappedout.net. That's you can see this week's list, last week's list, next week's list, and any other list that we're going to do throughout the course of the arc or the show. We're commandercookout at gmail.com. That's you can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions, decks you'd like to see us revisit during this arc. No nudes. We have some form of nude in our email right now. I haven't looked at them yet. Um, Nudes. Yeah, you can also find us on better streaming services everywhere. That includes iTunes, G, Gmail, Google Play, Google Play, <laughs> there you go, Spotify, and YouTube. We are also on Patreon, and you can check us out on FlipsideGaming.com, or you can use promo code CCOFU to get ten percent off your entire order store wide. Or if that was too jumbled, you missed anything, or you really want a breakdown of the specifics, you can check us out on the official home of Commander Cookout Podcast on the entire internet, CommanderCookout.com. You mentioned Flipside, CCO promo code CCOFU. We got our Ravnica Allegiance packs. We're going to be doing an open flippy.drinky video. We are. Ooh, and another drinking game video. Yeah. As promised on our Patreon channel page, whatever it's called. <laughs> yes. So be on the lookout for that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. A few days, I don't know. Yeah, well, I was going to invite you over to film today, but we're like in the middle of a blizzard. 
Yeah, anybody you can't even see out the window. Yeah, anybody who's in our part of Canada, the western half of Canada, or I think even the northern United States, we're in a really serious, serious cold front right now. And here in Canada, we are actually forecast to get a foot of snow in the next seven hours. That's we, more than I. I just no. Yeah, we got uh, six inches yesterday, and we're scheduled to get another between eight and twelve inches before we go to bed tonight. That sucks. Oh, it's the worst. Like, we already shoveled our driveway and we went out this morning and I had to slog through a snow drift. Ursula was like having to jump from drift to drift as I walked her this morning. She had like poop in midair because she couldn't <laughs> squat. In the... It's terrible. It's the worst. That is the worst. So a little bit of a delay in the YouTube filming, unfortunately. But once this weather smartens up, we'll be back at it and we'll be back to you in a bit. And then you can like and comment on those videos to win our giveaway that Ryan's going to fill you in on right now. Ooh, yeah, a couple giveaways. The first one, the big one for this arc, is our Zatahedron Grinder deck giveaway. It's going to be so cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm just getting everything kind of finalized. It's different than um, my current iteration of Zata. Um, so I'm just doing a little bit of testing with it, getting the lands right and getting the, the number of pump spells and stuff correct. And then uh, the list will go up on our tapped out. And it will be closer to... Your, I guess your original list is no longer on tapped out, but mine is, so it'll probably be closer to uh, Zata Facebreaker, which was my Zata list that's on tapped out now. And uh, you can win it by, going, like Brando said, going to our YouTube, subscribing, commenting on a video. Those will, of course, get you entered. Also, smashing the like button. What he said. Yeah. You can also retweet any of our giveaway tweets at CCO Podcast or at CCO Brando. When you see those, just give them a retweet. Help us get our name out there. And then you can, of course, go to our Facebook page and like any of our giveaway posts. You can tag people in any of the posts. That'll get you entered. And for the most number of entries, you share the post. I think that gets you four entries. Dang. So your name goes into the Excel spreadsheet four times. We're getting really fancy. We used to write all the names down on a piece of paper, and it took a long time. Yeah, yeah balls that, and balls we, that. We draw them out of the hat that you're wearing right now. We were pretty low tech here at CCO Podcast, and now we've uh, we've upgraded our game a little bit. Yeah, now I copy and paste names and just get a random number generator. <laughs> work smart, not hard. That's what they. That's what we say. Very much so. Our other giveaways. Any new patrons for this arc? Arc of you called it unnamed. I want to call it arc of revisitation arc of double bake decks we had a suggestion i don't mind that that's a good we'll, we'll come up with something by the end of the arc i promise maybe that'll be a good twitter poll or facebook poll or something we'll have all of our suggestions and we'll get cco nation to name it yeah j you know what get at us on twitter and let us know what the arc is called arc of revisitation arc of double bake decks arc of we're doing the same deck we did a year ago but it's better now <laughs> that's what we're doing right giveaways Every new patron this arc, CCO sticker. I'm sure they would have been delivered yesterday, like when I talked to the courier and gave them the address and, again, all that stuff, right? Uh, but then it snowed a foot. Yeah. Yeah. I, and the, the couriers aren't the mailman with the through sleet and hail and blah, 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 blah. They don't have that same kind of, what's the word, credo here. So they just kind of go out when it's nice and drop things off when they feel like it. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Anyways, any new patrons, patreon.com forward slash CCO podcast, get uh, CCO stickers. And any new patrons at a certain level, I think it's the $10 level and up, complimentary altar. Ooh. Yeah. And you can check out the altar backlog on our Facebook page. All the types of altars that you can receive are are on our Facebook page. They're the kind that I auction. Neat. Which, uh, which I very much enjoy doing. Big shout out to everybody who helps us out, bids and shares those because those help us out a ton. They do. The Zata deck we're giving away has altars. My Zata deck doesn't. I've I've kind of consigned to the fact that I want this deck to be all foil and all signed. You ever got uh, is signed pimp? Do you, do you got any signed stuff? I have one. I have an assigned Ashnod's altar, like a OG printing Ashnod's altar that's signed. Yeah, I that's think that's cool. the only one. Like, that's this, cool. It, it's neat. I'm not as big a fan as with the whole Tyrese Nielsen debacle. I don't know enough magic artists to be a huge fan of them enough where their signatures matter to me. I just saw Tyrese Nielsen on the TV. They were showing um, some clips of like New York or uh, New England Patriots warming up. Tyrese I, Nielsen was there. I thought he played for the Rams. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. It was the Rams. They showed Tom Brady, so I just assumed it was like jerk off the Patriots day, like whatever. Who cares? We're open the curtain. We're filming this the day before the Super Bowl. And we're going to just degenerate here for a second because I want you to explain. You are always getting down on me because like, oh, Brando, you hate stuff just because everybody likes it. Or, oh, Brando, you can't hate that because it's popular. But in most cases, you are unequivocally a fan of the best thing. Like if somebody's the fastest runner, it doesn't matter that he's a dink. He's the fastest (laughs) runner. So you appreciate his athletic prowess. But you hate Tom Brady. And I don't know much about football, but I'm... I'm pretty sure that on Monday, Tom Brady is going to have an operation to get a sixth finger put on his hand <laughs> so that he can have more Super Bowl rings because he's probably the the best quarterback in the you, history you have, of NFL you, football. You want to have this conversation right now? And you, just, you hate him. I want a one-paragraph explanation to how you just hate the best football player, or not football player, quarterback in the, in the history of the NFL real quick. It's not so much that I hate Tom Brady. I, I don't I don't like Tom Brady. I think that he's a poor sport. Um, I think he's a poor sport. I think that he demands a little bit too much of the people around him and and takes visibly on TV too much offense when they don't perform at his perfectionist level. And as as somebody who's played team sports before, I don't like playing with people like that. And I know he's he's professional. It's an organization, and there's lots of money on the line. Blah blah blah. It's not so much Tom Brady as it is the New England Patriots organization. Their ownership is so visible because they make the NFL so much money. And I'm, I'm tired of seeing just them. It's like the NFL is the New York... The NFL is the New England Patriots. Like, they're synonymous with each other. And I don't like that. I don't like their coach. He reminds me of a real asshole boss that I used to work for. I don't like how it is presented on media how they run their organization. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I, that just bugs me and Tom Brady is one of the points of that whole topic. So it's not the football. It's everything around the football. Sort of. That's fair. I dig that. Yeah. I'll, accept, I'll accept that. Yeah. All right. Sorry if you're a New England Patriot fan or a Tom Brady fan. And the other thing, my social media is whenever Tom Brady takes a shit, it's like, oh, yeah, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest. Tom Brady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom Brady. He's the best. I hate how Tom Brady fans are so verbally Tom Brady fans. Mm. That's what, like, yeah, we all know he's the greatest football player of all time. Like, I get it. Like, everybody knows that. You're not telling anybody anything new when you post on Facebook that Tom Brady's the GOAT. Like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of people whose favorite football player, they have a favorite football player. As you know, I have a a favorite everything. Yes. My favorite NFL football player is Gronkowski. And you know why? I don't like him either. Here's here's why. Here's why. Okay. Because they call him Gronk. And I love funny nicknames. Super cool. I do like Gronkowski's nickname. And undoubtedly... Very good football player. You know who else gets funny nicknames? <gasps> New patrons Whoa! here on CCO Podcast. Oh, yeah, you got me. <laughs> oh, dang, dude. Now that's a segue. Usually you do the segues. This is a weird show. Yeah, dude, you got me. Yeah, was, sorry for the, the, the football interruption, right? <laughs> Especially when I don't want to talk lots. Okay, new patron shout outs. First shout out. We said we were going to do it last week. Sorry, uh, you're getting it this week. Will the foe. Will Will the foe? Will the foe? Like this guy? Uh, there was a firefight. Not Willem Dafoe. Will the foe? Oh, I thought we had our our ninety seventh celebrity patron. We'll probably do. It's probably just like a his alias. Oh, it's an alias. Welcome aboard, Willem Dafoe. I loved you in Spider Man. Oh yeah, he was in Spider Man <laughs> One. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Next shout out. Jacob Montgomery. Ooh, I wonder if he likes burn decks. <laughs> Inside joke. Inside <laughs> joke. Across the river from where we're recording, out the window in the studio, one day we saw a giant fire. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this neighborhood called Montgomery. Where four houses had actually spontaneously combusted. Yeah, there was like like some chemical rags or solvents or something from the construction that they were doing and they just started up because it was the middle of August. <laughs> yeah, they, it, was, it was so hot outside a bunch of oily rags caught fire and burned down four houses. Yeah, Jacob Montgomery, the arsonist. Or Jacob, I like to play burn Montgomery. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah, whichever one you like. There's two. 
Okay, next one. Good name. Ryan Dowling Soka. He emailed me and is like, it's phonetically exactly how it sounds. Dowling Soka. That was nice of him to include a pronouncer for us. Yeah, well, maybe he's used to people butchering his name. So am I. And I got an easy last name and people still get it wrong because like people speak French in Canada. Peniff. That's your last name. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Ugh, we're not going to get into it. No, we're not. Dowling Soka. I think Soka sounds Japanese, like dialing for sushi or something. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We haven't made a phone call in a long time. Let's do that. Sure. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Hang on. Hang on. Dude, are we on hold? Uh, I think we are. I don't remember on hold calling for food before. This sucks. This is what you get when you dial for sushi. Ugh. F those people. Ryan dialing for sushi. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Last shout out. Last shout out. This is actually a welcome back. This guy has a nickname already. Ooh. Seaham Bai. Oh, man. He's back. It's both a great nickname and a really good life motto. I had ham for breakfast this morning. Sort of. Bacon. It's base. It's it's strips of ham. Yeah. See him by. See him by. Good to see you back. Very excellent. Now, should we do a deck? I suppose we, we, we could do a deck. So we're doing Zatahedron Grinder today? Yeah. Have you renamed it? No. Oh, you should have a name for it. You should always have a name. CCO Nation. Very important. You should always have a name for your primary decks. Here's the thing. This, sure, this is, we'll, we'll call it one of my primary decks. This is my tournament grinder CEDH deck and yeah we're doing a CEDH deck sorry guys Uh, I feel like I'm taking a very realistic raw like uh, results oriented approach on this deck and I just don't want to fall in love with anything in it because tomorrow it could be getting cut (laughs) like the the individual cards Zata into the grinder ooh I'm not I'm not giving it a name. It's like you never name your cow because you're going to butcher it and then you're just going to eat your pet. Not doing it. So while you don't name your pets or your pet decks, there are creatures in this deck that have names. We'll talk about them. Uh, we're going to lump a bunch of them together, as you say, because one of the things about this deck that makes it strong is it allows you to break the rule of EDH, meaning the one-of rule. Yeah, and while I'm not playing any more than one copy of a particular card... I've stacked a whole bunch of similar types of cards together to give me redundancy. And that's very powerful in EDH, regardless of what strategy you're employing. I'm going to ask one more question before we get into it. Sure. And I feel like this is a question that everybody should just be asking themselves until next set in New Ravnica block is announced. Does this deck beat persistent parishioners? Petitioners. Yeah, them too. Because I assume we're going to run into it fucking everywhere. Yeah, goddamn. F you, Dean Goody. <laughs> He's building it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know he is. That was, that was another setup. It's good. Uh, yeah, maybe. Like, I've got a couple alternate type of ways to win the game in the deck. And as long as my persistent, or as long as I don't get milled by persistent partitioners, that's really hard to say. It's the worst. Yeah. Then I can still win. And I am playing... Past in flames in the deck, so even if some of the win cons do get milled, I can flash them back and and win that way. So, yeah, probably it does. Good. Okay. Okay, let's get in here. We start with the creatures all the time. We'll lump a bunch together as we go along. We'll start with the zero drops. Yeah. Okay, get this. We're playing Crimson Kobolds, Crookshank Kobolds, Memnite, Ornithopter, and Phyrexian Walker. Yeah, and I'm not playing uh, Kirk. Kerbalds of Corkeep? <laughs> Kobolds of Kerkeep. I'm not playing that one. I was um, actually just going to ask why. I actually have it in a sleeve with a little printed sign that says token for my Kobold or my Kerkeep land. I should be playing it when we talk about a very, when we talk about results oriented approach, I should be playing it instead of or in addition to all of the other ones, but instead of Phyrexian Walker, because Phyrexian Walker has three toughness and you can't skull clamp it yeah and you can skull clamp all the cobalt so i should actually be playing it but i do have a signed uh phyrexian walker so (laughs) so yeah i should be playing it but i'm not fair enough so we'll do a couple of more and then we'll do another big grouping at the end here sure all right first creature up beetleback chief beetleback chief goblin 
Two, two for four. When he enters a battlefield, you get two more goblin tokens. Goblin tokens are always one ones in this deck. So when I say goblin token, I mean a one one. Are there any goblin tokens that aren't one ones? Probably not. I don't. Ah, uh, yes. There is um, one. T um, oh no, Tuck Tuck gives you like a construct or something. Yeah, I don't even think it's a goblin. Yes, I don't think so either. Yeah, it just looks. They're like one ones. All right. We also have. This isn't Warren Instigator. It's Goblin Instigator. Yeah. Uh. 1-1 one, one for 2. When he enters a battlefield, he gives you a goblin, like a token. So it acts as the third copy of, like, Dragon Fodder or Cranko's Command, except this one is also a creature instead of a sorcery. Or the, not Legion Loyalist, not Goblin Legionnaire. There's another guy for Red 1, and you get a goblin when he comes into play or when he dies? Uh, Mog, Mog War Marshal. That's Also one. in the deck. Also in the deck, Dual Caster Mage. Yeah, this is one of the alternate win cons. It's part of a combo with Heat Shimmer and Twin Flame. So he's got Flash. He's a 2-2 human wizard for Red Red 1, Flash. When he enters a battlefield, copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So what you do is cast your Twin Flame or Heat Shimmer on a creature, whatever creature. Then you flash in your Dual Caster Mage targeting the Heat Shimmer. Heat Shimmer gets copied by Dual Caster. You target with the copy the Dual Caster Mage. Makes another Dual Caster Mage. You target Heat Shimmer again. Target Dual Caster Mage. Yeah, so it makes infinite dudes. And the tokens that get put onto the battlefield with Heat Shimmer and Twin Flame have haste. So you can attack with your Dual Caster Mage. All right, next up we've got Hanwar Garrison. It's a 2-3 three for 3. When it attacks, you put two 1-1 one, one red human creature tokens onto the battlefield tapped and attacking alongside it. And it flips over when you combine it with Handweir Battlements or something? Yeah, are you playing Handweir Battlements? I am, um, because it gives haste. Yeah. And, and if I have lots of mana, um, one of the ways the deck wins is attacking with everybody. And I can... Like, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter, yeah. but... That Transformed Melded creature has won me a couple of games. Anytime I've actually got it to work, if I get another turn, I've won the game with it. Yeah, both that land and Handweir Garrison are kind of flex spots because you don't get your tokens right away with it. You have to attack. And if you're trying to storm out, because this is a combo storm deck, you have to attack to get your tokens. And if you've attacked and you draw into your dual caster combo, then you can't attack again. So that's actually a flex spot. I'm, I'm working with a couple different cards instead of that and the land. Are you working with Imperial Recruiter? Imperial Recruiter. There's there's my one of my tutors. There's only two in the deck. And he's a 1-1 one, one for three. When he enters the battlefield, you search for a creature with power or uh, two or less. And put it into your hand. So that finds your dual caster mage. And he has the most Disney looking art. Yeah, I like on the him. old one better, dude. From it's Portal 3 Kingdoms. Tragic. Yeah. Uh, we talked about him already a little bit. Mog War Marshal. 1-1 one, one for 2. He's got Echo. When he battlefield or dies, you get a 1-1 one, one Red Goblin token. If you don't pay the Echo, or if you do pay the Echo, you still have two bodies. Which is the important part. Two bodies for two mana. And if you're playing the... Eternal Masters, I will unfollow you on all social media. Because that's the worst uh, art I've ever seen. I don't know which version I'm playing. It better not be this one, because then you're gonna, you're fired. You know what? I'm I'm digging through my collection, that shitty collection that I bought for 150 bucks for a Mog War Marshal digging and digging and digging for the Zata deck, and I finally found one, and I flip it over, and the whole back of it was like stuck to something and then peeled off. So it's like missing half the back. So I'm not giving it away. <laughs> so I gave it to Valor. <laughs> gave it to my kid and he just chewed it. How about Runaway Steamkin? This card is so excellent. 1-1 one, one for 2. Whenever you cast a red spell, if Runaway Steamkin has fewer than 3 plus 1 counters on it, you put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it. And then it's got another ability. Remove 3 plus 1 plus 1 counters from Runaway Steamkin. Add red, red, red to your mana pool. It's very good. And Storm Deck. Dude. And it's another reason to play Kobolds of Care Keep over Phyrexian Walker. Very much so. And you know what you know what probably will happen is I'll just cut the Handwear Garrison and Handwear Battlements and just add the Kobolds of Care Keep and something else. Now, why would you cut the Battlement? It is a land that gives you haste. I mean, it doesn't give you red, but it does give you haste. I, I want it to give me red. Would you play Flamekin Village instead? Uh, comes to play tapped, right? Unless you're showing Elemental, yeah, so probably. Yeah. You could show your Runaway Steam. Yeah, he is an Elemental, but I think he's the only one. <laughs> All right, how about Thopter Engineer? Thopter Engineer, 1-3 three for 3. When it enters Battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter with Flying. That's important for a future card we'll talk about. But more importantly, artifact creatures you control have haste. Now, there is at the 2, 3, 4, and 5. 
slots, creature cards that enter the battlefield and give you tokens. One token, two tokens, three tokens, like um, Goblin War Marshal, Thopter Engineer, Pia Nalar, Kia and Pia Nalar, like the, the two of them, and then Siege Gang Commander. They all are a certain number of bodies for a certain number of mana. And you could just play the one that gives you the most bodies for the least amount of mana. That'd be Gangbang Commander, I think. I, I, I don't remember what the math works. It's like 1.25 dudes or mana per dude or whatever, or 1.3 mana per dude or whatever it is. Thopter Engineer gives some of my mana dorks haste, which is more important. Yeah. So I'll take the 0.5 mana extra cost to give my dudes haste. Okay, uh, red CEDH staple, I'm going to say in Treasonous Ogre. This card is so mighty. Dude, I went down to three life one time with this card. <laughs> so he's a 2-3, so you can find him with your Imperial Recruiter for four. He's got Dethrone, so when he hits the person with the most life, he gets a plus one, plus one counter. Don't care. Don't care. What we really care about is pay three life, get a red mana. Oh, oh dude. This card, you, you, I'm actually thinking about cutting my fetch lands. Because if I fetch, that means I can't Treasonous Ogre as many times. Like if you fetch and go to 39, you can Treasonous Ogre 12 times instead of 13. And that's a big deal. Yeah. You, you either die or you go to one. That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy makes a ton of mana and he actually goes infinite with um, another card in the list. How about Young Money in Young Pyromancer? 2-1 for two. So again, you can find it with your Imperial Recruiter. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you get a 1-1 red elemental creature token. So you get your two dudes for two mana after you've cast a spell. Fine, I'm going to cast a spell anyways. And it's probably going to be a ritual to give me more mana to cast another one. All right, and then the other lump full of dudes are all of our mana-creating guys. We're playing Hedron Crawler, Iron Mirror, Priest of Urabrask, Plague Mirror, CCO Staple, Simeon Spirit Guide, and Skirk Prospector. I'm probably looking at a mannequin as well because it's another two-mana dude that taps for a mana, and it's an artifact, so it would have haste if I had my Thopter Engineer. That might be the other thing I play instead of Handweir Garrison because mana is important. That's the creature suite. It's kind of, it doesn't light the world on fire, but the instants and sorceries are where Zatahedron Grinder typically lives, and I'm sure that's where your deck comes alive as well. Because for the instants and sorceries, we're going to do true quick hits, where I'm going to read the card name, Ryan's going to tell you the effect that it does. Keep in mind as we say all of these that any one of them can target Zata, and then they will target your 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 other creatures that you have in play. Yes. Let's start with Accelerate. Two mana. Creature gains haste, draw a card. Battle him. Two mana, get a red for each creature you control. Boiling blood. Three mana, target creature can't block this turn. Three mana, target creature attacks this turn, draw a card. Amazing art. Bright stone ritual. One mana, get a red for each goblin in play. Chaotic strike. For all intents and purposes, flip a coin. If you win the flip, your guy gets plus one, plus one, but it says draw a card. It's two mana. Crimson wisps. Draw a card. Desperate Ritual. Two mana, get three mana. It's a ritual. Expedite. Target creature gains haste, draw a card. Otherworldly other Outburst. Target creature gets plus one, plus one for one mana. If it would die, it turns into a 3-2 Eldrazi instead of a goblin. Excellent with Skullclamp. Panic. Target creature can't block, draw a card at the beginning of the next upkeep. So target on your opponent's turn, then draw on your turn. It's an instant, obviously. Pyroblast. Counter target spell if it's blue. Destroy target permanent if it's blue. You can target your own red stuff, or you can target Cyclonic Rift. Yes, you can. Seething Song. Spend three mana, get five mana. I love that art. Stun. Target creature can't block this turn. Draw a card. Titan Strength. Target creature gets plus three, plus one. Scry one. Now, as Brando said, remember, every time you target a creature, you get to replicate that for every creature. So your plus three, plus one from Titan Strength actually gives you if you have like let's say you have five dudes and you give them all plus three plus three or plus three plus one that's 15 extra power that's not to be shaken a stick at and it's scry one five times which isn't as good as scry five but you can certainly dig five deep if you're looking for one exact card if you need that dual caster mage or if you just need another cantrip type spell to draw yourself more cards that's right all right let's go on to some sorceries we're gonna do the same thing Starting with Cathartic Reunion. Two mana, discard two cards, draw three cards. Let's you dig. 
Dragon Fodder. Gives you two goblins for two mana. Empty the Warrens. Four mana. Create two goblins. I always forget that it's two. I was just testing and I didn't... I definitely... Anyways. <laughs> four mana. Gives you two goblins, but it has Storm. So every spell you cast before it copies it. So it, like, if you cast... If it's your fourth spell of turn, you actually cast four Empty the Warrens. I'm going to ask you about this one when, we're done, when you're done telling what it does. Faithless Looting. One mana. Draw two, discard two, flashback of red two. Do you cut this one when the next one mana red cantrip comes in? Probably not Faithless Looting. Or do no. you keep Faithless Looting? You probably keep Faithless Looting because it costs one and has flashback, so it does let you see four cards deep. You probably cut Panic because it draws on the next upkeep. Fair enough. Keep going. Gamble. Search for a card. Then discard a card at random. That's my other tutor. Costs one mana. I notice you're not playing the Ultimate Masters version with the superior art. I'm. That's just the one Tapto gave me. <laughs> Gamble's awesome when you have like 20 cards in your hand. You just search and like odds are so low that you hit what you tutored for, right? Yeah. Heat Shimmer. Heat Shimmer and Twin Flame both do the same thing. One Heat Shimmer costs three and it puts a token copy with haste onto the battlefield of something you control. Hordling Outburst. Three mana gives you three dudes. Inner Flame. Four mana, get a red for each card in your hand. Pretty good after you just drew ten. Very good. Kari Zev's Expertise. Oh, dude. Okay, remember, every time you target Zada, you get to replicate it. Okay? So, three mana, gain control of target creature or vehicle until end of turn. Vehicle? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter that you already control it. You can still target Zada. Untapper. So if you already have tapped mana dorks, when this replicates, it'll untap your mana dorks again. And then it gives them haste if you just played them, which is also great. So you can use them right now, essentially making Kari Zev's expertise free if you have three mana dorks. Sweet. But wait, there's more. <laughs> you can cast a card with converted mana cost two or less from your hand for free. <laughs> So remember, if you have those same five dudes, you just cast all your cantrips at once for free. So you cast your one mana draw card on Zada, and it's replicated five times for free. And you do that with every cantrip in your hand with Carries of Expertise. So good. Dude. Or you do it for as many guys as you had, as many times as it was replicated, right? Still good. Krenko's Command. Two mana, two dudes. Kaldotha Rebirth. Ooh. One mana? Three dudes sack an artifact. Mog alarm. This one is a little bit weird. Red, red one, you get two goblin tokens, but you can sack two mountains to cast it for free. So if it's later in the game, you don't give a shit about your mountains, or if you're trying to storm and you just need more guys to replicate effects, sack those mountains. Hey man, it's just like, what is it, Fire Blast? In Burning Legacy, man, sometimes you just gotta sack your land to kill the other guy. Yeah. I've definitely won the game with like one land in play after this card. Past in Flames. Four mana, instants and sorceries in your graveyard gain flashback equal to their converted mana cost. So you storm out a whole bunch, storm, 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 replicate, replicate. Use all your rituals to cast a past in flames, floating even just one mana, and do it all again with all your flashback. And then it has flashback. Dang. So if you discarded it for some reason because you had 10 cards in your hand after you like cast a cantrip but you couldn't storm, just discard it and you can do it again next turn. How about Renegade Tactics? One mana, creature can't block, draw a card. Ryle. One mana, deal one damage to a creature, draw a card. Screaming Fury. This is my win con, and this is a potential flex spot because... It's both. It's, it's three <laughs> mana, target creature gets plus five, plus zero, and gains haste. So it's not, it's not uncommon to have ten creatures on the battlefield with this deck. And if I target Zada with Screaming Fury, they all get haste because it's replicated. And remember, 10 dudes times 5 extra power is 50 damage. It's pretty good. Yeah, if it's later in the game and I haven't stormed off, 50 damage divided by, like, sometimes three players will just kill all three players. Yeah. So, it's not terrible. And it's a haste enabler. Okay, next up, Shreds of Sanity. Three mana, return an instant and or, or up to one instant and up to one sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. Then exile Shreds of Sanity. So cool. it lets you rebuy something. Spark of Creativity. This is a weird one. Sh should I like say what it does or should I say like what it actually does? Just say what it does. Just what it actually does. Why is it in the deck? You pay one red and you... Target a creature. Exile the top card of your library. You can have the converted mana cost 
of that card deal damage to the creature you target, or if you don't, you can cast that card until end of turn. So <laughs> essentially, you're exiling cards of your library, and then you just get to cast them. Dig it. Tormenting voice. Two mana, discard a card, draw two cards. Twin flame we already talked about. It does heat shimmer, but it costs one less. Yeah. Wheel of fortune. Oh, baby. Three mana, discard your hand, draw seven. I like it. Yeah, dude. Routinely, when you storm, you're just playing, 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 playing. Oh, shit. Last card in my hands, wheel of fortune, draw seven. Or, oh, geez, I have eight cards in my hand still. They're all land. Wheel of Fortune. Boom. <laughs> Go to town. It's awesome. I love Wheel of Fortune. So those are our instants and our sorceries. No enchantments in the deck. No planeswalkers in the deck. We're going to talk about that in a second. Not the planeswalkers, but the enchantments. Yeah. I got some, I got some good news for you, dude. I got some good news for you. And we're going to go on to artifacts. We're going to start with my favorite artifact in the history of all Magic the Gathering. Can you see the sarcasm in my voice with Aetherflux Reservoir? Oh, baby. Ugh. Yes, this actually, it doesn't go infinite, infinite with Treasonous Ogre, but uh, if you have like 20 cards in your hand, Treasonous Ogre gives you mana, and then when you cast a spell, Aetherflux Reservoir gains you your life back. To a certain point, or past a certain point, paying three life to get one red to cast a spell that costs one red that gets you seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve life, it's basically infinite. Yeah, so it's four mana. Whenever you cast a spell, gain one life for each spell you've cast this turn. Other ability, pay 50. <laughs> pay 50 life. It deals 50 damage target creature or player. Never in my life, like, it's, let me know on Twitter if you've ever targeted a creature with Aetherflux Reservoir. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it, it's, a, it, it's a little bit weird because you can cast a bunch of spells, then cast it and then play a spell, you still gain life for the spells you've cast before Aetherflux Reservoir. Right. Like, if you cast Aetherflux Reservoir as your fifth spell of the turn, the next thing you play after it will net you six life. Yeah. Aetherflux is your fifth spell, and then you cast your sixth one. Yeah, you'd gain a bunch of life for, like, each spell you've cast prior to it that turn. It's it's weird like that, but that is how it works, people. So it's great, and it's how you win. You just get up to like 100 life, 150 life, because on your 20th or 25th spell, you've gained 24 life and 23 life and 22 life and 20 life, right? You've gained all those lives, so you are at like 200, and you just fishbowl everybody to death. It is the reason why you always play Crozen Grip. Yeah, dude. Because it's the only card that just beats it. It's the only one. Yeah, and, and if... Here's the thing, though. Like, if you get all that online and you ether flux somebody, it's still on the stack. So even when you cross and grip it, like, if if you're the one being targeted, you still die. Yeah. Right? You just save the rest of the table. So, hate that card. It's awesome. Next up, we have one of your favorite cards. Memory Jar. Oh, dude. Five mana. Tap. Sack it. Each player essentially exiles their current hand and draws seven cards. At end of turn... They discard those seven cards. They discard those seven cards. They don't exile those cards. They discard them and then pick up their original hand again. So I get it. You're, you're, you're letting your opponent see more cards. But if I have zero cards in hand and draw seven in a storm deck, that's really, really goddamn good. Skull Clamp. So excellent with your goblin tokens because after you've replicated an effect, you just cash them in for two cards. And if one of the effects you replicated was that otherworldly outburst, when you cash in your goblin token, it turns into a 3-2 Eldrazi token. Yeah. Right? So right there, you're tripling the thing's power. And then if you pump it with a Titan Strike and you pump it with your Screaming Fury, you give them all haste. And now they're 11 power dudes. And you just swing for the win. It's pretty good. So that Screaming Fury seems better and better now Now that I'm thinking about it more because it gives him haste. Yeah, it's, that's that's the key. I don't I don't think I'm going to cut it. I wouldn't cut it. It's got a cool picture on it. It's a cool card. I like it. Excellent. Yeah, man. All right, now we're going to talk rocks. If I talk them, I mean, I'm going to list them real quick. Sol Ring, Chrome Marks, Grim Monolith, Helm of Awakening, Lotus Petal, Mana Crypt, Mana Vault, Mox Diamond, Mox Opal, Ruby Medallion. Yeah, and um, important to note that the... Helm of Awakening and the Ruby Medallion make your stuff cost less, so they give you a continuous benefit. It's like once they're used, 
that mana is gone, right? Like that's how mana rocks work. But those ones just keep giving and giving and giving. What it, what didn't you see in there? What artifact that you hate was not in there? Paradox engine. There's no paradox engine in this deck anymore because you don't need it. You don't you don't need it. That's actually cool. Yeah. I like that. I very, like that. Very results oriented approach, right? When you're looking to storm off, you you just don't you don't need it. You don't need it, and it costs five, and it relies on other artifacts. Like you just don't need it. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. And granted, I still have to run it through the paces and and really test to make sure that I don't need it. But it, you don't need it to storm. You don't need it to attack. You don't need it to go infinite. I'm running a couple tutors that can't find it while gamble. Whatever. Something that's going to win the game. You're immediately screaming fury or whatever it is yeah. you want to do. Just real quick, couple interesting lands. I am playing Blink Moth and Ink Moth and uh, Mishra's Factory. All of which turn into dudes. Yeah, to replicate, right? Why not Muta Vault? I just took a deck apart that had a Muta Vault in it. I'm going to run that in this list. Excellent. Yeah, that might be the Handwear Battlements that gets cut. And then I'm running Crystal Vein. You can tap and sack it for two, two mana. Dwarven Ruins, you can tap and sack it for two mana. And Sandstone Needle comes into play. They all come into play tapped, right? But you can remove a depletion counter from Sandstone Needle to get red, red. And it has two it has two depletion counters on it. Yeah, so anything that gives you two mana the same turn is really good. And generally, those get discarded because they come into play tapped if you don't have them on turn one. So you just cash them in for two cards when you cast your Tormenting Voice. So even if you don't have it turn one, it's not necessarily dead because there's so many card draw effects. I really like cards that make decisions later in the game easier to make. Yes, very like, important. If you have, I need this on turn one or F it, I like that. You know, yeah, we talked about that last week on our 100th episode, right? Where we're not necessarily making the deck any more powerful, by, but if we're making it easier to play... That's that's gonna result in more wins eventually. Like ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, and that's so the deck. If you're following all along at home, eighteen card draw spells in your mono red deck. Nice. Yeah. As we've talked about the decks, the deck. Should we talk about some strengths and weaknesses? Yeah. I'm gonna. I was gonna start by saying it's fast. Well, I guess I did. <laughs> it's fast. That's, strength. That's a strength. Second strength. This one is a little bit more of an ethereal strength. It's a little bit unassuming. It's a mono red. You're sitting down at your CEDH table. Everybody's playing like Grixis Control or Doomsday, Zers, and and um, um, what's what's her name? The Grixis Wizard that gives your shit flashback. I don't know. I don't play Grixis. Kess. Everybody's playing Kess and Doomsday and all these like real decks, and I'm just like mono red, <laughs> right? Everybody's going like Mox, 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 Paradox Engine. I'm like uh, Mountain Go. Now you go mountain, mox, 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 mox. Not paradox engine. Oh yeah, yeah, not paradox. Yeah, mox, 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 mox. Go, <laughs> mox, 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 mox. Ether flux reservoir. Yeah. Or mox, 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 mox. Stormwind. Yeah, it, it's unassuming until it goes off, and people are like, oh, "Okay, now I, I know what's going on. Fool me once. Yeah. Yeah, and since there's no round two in EDH, you only have to fool them once. <laughs> yeah. So that that's a that's a strength. I really like it. Um, it can rebuild. After a board wipe, um, because essentially you're just playing zero, one, and two drop creatures. And uh, sure, Zada's going to cost six, but uh, you got lots of mana rocks and rituals to get you back up to six. And then all you really need is one cantrip and your your hand is full again. So it rebuilds pretty nicely. Last strength, and again, a little bit of an ethereal one you're, when you're sitting down at a CEDH table. Um, it can fight through counter magic pretty easily because of the redundancy. Right, yeah, I do run a uh, pyroblast, and I should also probably run a red elemental blast, and I should probably also run an abraid, which kills a cre deals three damage to a creature or kills an artifact. And I'd like a vandal blast in there, but it's a sorcery, so balls mm. that. But it can fight through counter magic because it can rebuild, and there's redundancies. Weakness combo deck. It's a little bit of a glass cannon. It is, and when you're playing mono red combo you're typically more because a lot especially this one you are more open to even things that mono red does let's just say you've dual caster mage comboed you've stormed for two hours you shot your whole load you attack for infinite damage or you've got your 
big team of 11 twos online and they just volcanic follow you. Yeah, 11 twos. <laughs> yeah, because the toughness of your creatures doesn't really go up. All your dudes that you're really relying on to win, they're small and they die to instant speed removal. And if you have an instant speed spe- sweeper, the one I like to use is volcanic followed or a pestilence or a pestilence demon or a pyrohemia. Your yeah. creatures are going to eat some shit. And yeah, it can rebuild once or twice, but eventually all those extra turns your opponents are going to buy are going to catch up to you. Yeah, and all of its its combo is very on board, right? So it's like if I got 10 guys and I'm tapped out and past the turn, like next turn is going to be my storm turn, right? So it's very telegraphed when you're going to do it unless you can unless you can actually hide it in your hand. And that's why the, the pump spells are still in there. That's why the dual caster combo's in there. That's why you you leave Ether Flux Reservoir in your hand until you need it, right? Like, it's a little bit tricky to play in that regard. Um, you got to play a red deck like a blue deck. Because we, we've talked about this on the show before, where red is very much like you pick your plan, you stick to it, and then everybody kind of knows what's going on, whereas blue kind of tries to keep the cards in its hand, as you say. Yeah. And it's tricky to do both. When you kind of have to do the red thing and you want to do the blue thing. It's tricky. Yeah, and we've talked about this at length for your Norin list. I think we're going to cover it in this arc as well, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, another mono red deck. It's funny uh, <laughs> that our, like our main decks are mono red decks. The combo, sure, the dual caster combo is pretty compact and there's tutors to find it. But the rest of the deck is the combo, right? And it's not very compact, which doesn't leave very much room for your blue or your red elemental blast, your pyroblast, your chaos warp. It doesn't leave room for those things because you need redundancy in draw effects and creatures to target. Yes. Right? So when you look at like CEDH, lots of decks are packed full of two-card combos, like my Animar list is my other CEDH deck, and it's just got like 12 two-card infinite combos that you can search up with the rest of the deck that is tutors and control. This doesn't have that option. Mm. so that's a weakness it is and again that we've talked about it in virtually every other episode of the show since we've started it 101 episodes ago it suffers really hard from zata effect yeah so zata effect let's let's go through that again because that is um this is the deck where it comes from right yeah so zata effect is when your deck wants to run a, a redundancy of a certain type of effect and there isn't a whole bunch of those effects to choose from in the game, you have to run sub-quality cards. Just because, like, why the hell do you want to turn your guy, your red guy, red? Yeah, why do I want my creature to not be able to block this turn? Or, worst case scenario, why do I want my guy to have to attack this turn? (laughs) Or, worse than that, why do you want your 1-1 to take 1 damage? Yes, right? (laughs) Because I want to replicate it to draw cards. And that effect in red is just hard to come by. There's only so many cards that do it. And just given these constraints of the deck and the format, you got to play them all. So, yeah, weakness, Zata effect. And, like, maybe, what would you say? How often do they reprint one of them? Like, how many new ones have we got? Ryle we got? Ryle, and before that was, like, Expedite in uh, uh, Oath of the Gatewatch. And before that was like Lorwyn or something. So like only once every couple of years. Yep. It's not like a, say, uh, Angry Omnath where you're going to get a new ramp spell every set. Yeah. You're going to get a new, or Hirobi, you're going to get a new black thing that targets something. Yeah. You're not always going to get that. So the deck does, it, it's going to grow and it will continue to grow always. So I'll bet you that's an effect that they're going to keep printing. And with Power Creep, they'll only get better, but it's going to take a while to to get there yeah they won't get better (laughs) they'll still make my shitty dude attack and die but they'll get instead of spending three mana like on boiling blood they'll print a two mana one or a one mana one because they've already they they used to have them back in whenever and it would be two mana play only after blockers are declared flip a coin draw a card on the next turn yeah like that's terrible yeah but Matt, we've managed to get around all but one of those, I believe, right? Yeah, and I it's only a new include that I'm still testing. I, I don't have a whole bunch of information as to whether, or like how much cards it actually draws me because I have to do it on your turn to really like sneak it in there to make sure I draw on my turn. Well, I mean, everybody takes a combat step. So you'll always get it. Yeah, I guess so. So it's, it's a thing, but... Anyways. Yeah, anyways. Um, budget. 
<laughs> now, for these arc, for this arc, we're not necessarily building like, hey, this could be a deck that you can binder build. This is something that you can... I mean, some of these prices might be inflated... Uh, just kind of overestimate or overstate the value of a deck when you you talk yeah. numbers. So so these aren't gospel. You could build these like this deck in particular, minus the rocks and the fast mana for not a ton of money. Yeah, I think the Zata deck we're giving away. Remember, there's awesome altars in there. It's like surprisingly powerful. It does all the same stuff that this deck oh, does, dude. minus the Etherflux Reservoir. Yeah, I took. The deck that we're giving away, a very similar version of Zata to Vegas, and I rocked people. It's got a ton of pump spells in it, and it's got like Chander's Ignition. So you pump, 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 your whole team's got 10 power. Let's say then you Chander Ignition Zata. Sure, it kills your whole board, but remember, your whole team's got 10 power, and there's 10 of them. And they all deal 10 damage to each opponent. Each opponent takes 100 damage. It's not bad. Routinely, I would take people from 40 to 0. Like on consecutive turns or on the same turn. You don't need to pump. This deck is uh, $1,150. And the deck that we're giving away is a tenth of that much, and it'll rock people. It's the one that you played before you decide. The reason that this deck looks the way it does, and I feel like we should have maybe gotten into this maybe at the beginning of the show. We'll talk about it now. This deck started off as the deck we're giving away. Essentially. Yeah, and my old Zata deck didn't even have a Sol Ring in it because it just doesn't doesn't need it. So it's it's an aggro combo list, and it has, it went to Vegas, you played it in the Commander Championship, you really liked what it was doing, and so you have tweaked and tuned and modified it into the dirtbag monstrosity that we've talked about today. Yeah. Uh, I should mention the deck that we're giving away does have a Sol Ring in it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, in Vegas, the, the deck, it won... Around like it won a pod it got second in two pods it like tied for like getting eliminated at the same time as everybody else because the guy went infinite in a pod and it got third in a pod so I didn't I didn't lose any games like I didn't get fourth in any games with it and I got like I won one game and I killed everybody in the pod except for the guy that was left was at like four and we were at time so I was like okay you just win oh yeah I had to give that one away and it was round one Ooh, yeah. Ooh, good game though. Anyways, fetch lands, cut them. Don't need them, and you can't treasonous ogre with them. So like that automatically. There's four cards right there. It's gonna save you two hundred dollars. You don't need them. Trust me, you don't. Yeah. The fast mana, we've crushed it to death by at this point. You don't need it. Yeah, mana crypt, mana vault, mox diamond, flush them, flush them down the toilet. Physically take them toilet. Yep. Or mail them to us, and we'll do it for you, we promise. Yes. Run Screaming Fury instead. That is in the deck we're giving away. It's awesome. No Paradox Engine? Maybe your 5-drop could be Possibility Storm. We've talked about this. Yes, we have, and you called me a dirt sandwich for it being in my top 10 favorite cards of all time. Yeah, well... And who's st- laughing now, still Ryan? still a dirt sandwich. So Possibility Storm, 5-drop enchantment. Whenever you cast a spell, exile it instead, and flip cards from the top of your library until you flip a card that shares a card type with the spell you just exiled. So you cast a sorcery targeting Zada to draw 10 cards, let's say. Zada's ability goes on the stack and you draw nine of those cards. You don't draw the copy, you don't draw the card for the, the spell that targeted Zada, but you draw the other nine. Yeah. Then you flip down to your next instant or sorcery and it's a cantrip spell and you target Zada with it and you cast that with Possibility Storm. So you draw 10 more cards. Yeah. And then all the exiled cards go on the bottom of your library in a random order. So good. So if everything is a draw spell or a pump spell or a scry spell or, or a, a ritual. A, or get more creatures spell. or a... Yeah. The only thing about it is if you possibility storm down to like a faithless looting or like a, a cathartic reunion, something where you have to discard cards, you're, you're kind of pooped, hooped. Pooched? <laughs> I like pooped. Any of those works. Yeah, Pooped, yeah. hooched, hooped. Um, or if you're trying to hit your draw spells and you hit a ritual, like it's a little bit too random. That's why it's not currently in there. But, but it's y- certainly a good include to and test. You, and you always get the first spell. The thing with Possibility Storm that people hate so much is, oh, I'm going to cast this spell that I want and I'm going to get something random. Well, with Zada, if you play that first one, you're still going to get it. You always make sure it, your first spell is a cantrip spell. Yeah. That's that's how you have to play it, right? Because you always get it, and that's nothing wrong with that. Ooh, I draw one less card, but then I get to possibly draw nine more cards. Just stop complaining and play Possibility Storm. 
What did you say to me? Win, damn it. Win. And that's what Possibility Storm is. <laughs> yeah, win, win, win. <laughs> Should we do your favorite part? You mean card of the week. Yes. Sure. Card of the week this week. We we I wanted Screaming Furry. Brando said no because it doesn't go in any other decks. <laughs> it, it only gets played in Zada. So if you're playing Zada, get your Screaming Fury. Honorable mention. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very good. Uh, actual card of the week. Runaway Steamkin. Very cool. Yeah. Give it a read one more time. Runaway Steamkin is a 1-1 elemental for red 1. Whenever you cast a red spell, if it has less than 3 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it, remove 3 plus 1 plus 1 counters from it, add red, red, red to your mana pool. Yes. Now, kids, remember, trigger your Runaway Steamkin every time you dang cast a red spell, and as soon as it has 3 counters, remove it. Remove the counters so you can continue to try and get mana. Yes. Excellent. It's a super good card. It's going for... Three American or 33 Canadian dollars. Uh, the price has gone up recently. I think it's, I think it's, he's playing standard. I think it actually used to be more money, actually. Oh, Brando's pointing to the little up arrow. Yes, it went up. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I knew. I don't know that because I don't follow standard pricing. Oh, yeah. it, it might be in standard. Correct us if we're wrong. Uh, if you know why the price of this card is climbing, let us know. But uh, I think that this will be one that is a cool card that if you try and get it a you know, a couple months, maybe even a year from now, it's probably going to cost you more than the three bucks that it's going to now. Yeah, foils are five, so just get those. Do do that too. Yep. All right. Okay, my favorite part, Milk List. Everybody loves the Milk List. Okay, as per edhrec.com, these are the most popular cards at each converted mana cost in the color that we're talking about today. Mono red, or as the kids say, the best color in fucking magic. Sure. At the zero drop slot. <laughs> Ever-Flowing Chalice, <laughs> your favorite card. 101 episodes, zero Ever-Flowing Chalices. Uh, okay, well, Mana Crypt is the next one. <laughs> yeah, but we're not doing all three for the zero drop. We're Correct. only doing the top one. We, we, do the, uh, we do the top three for the one drop slot, and they are Sol Ring, of course, and we're playing that. We are playing that one. And then Vandal Blast. Because that's actually a one-drop, FYI. <laughs> yeah, just because you pay five for it all the time doesn't make it not a one-drop. We're not playing that one either. No. And Faithless Looting. We are playing that we one. We are playing that one. That one is that one is really good, actually. So one. Okay. At the two-drop slot, Mindstone. Nah. Chaos Warp at three. Nah. I, I should actually be playing that. It destroys enchantments in red. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Solemn Simulacrum at four. Nah. Siege Gang at five. Nope. Used to be. Uh, I think there's a Siege Gang in the deck we're giving away. Better be. Yeah. Well, if there's not, you've got to give me one. <laughs> <laughs> Cage Sun at six. Nope. Mere Battlesphere. Nope. Insurrection. Nope. There's a mighty card, hey? Yeah. Blasphemous Act at nine. Nope. Decree of Annihilation? Wow. Uh, nope. No. That's a poof. Jeez. <laughs> Metalwork Colossus. Nope. Blightsteel Colossus. Nope. Lots of Colossi in there. Emrakul. Nope. Draco. Of course not. There's one deck playing Draco on EDH Rec in mono red. Who is doing that? Says Don Miner when he sent me this list. What? One. <laughs> There's one guy out there that was like, yeah, I'm going to troll the whole internet. I bet she plays a Talkthon worm too. Oh, I bet you he does. Oh, you know what? Some you. listener one day, like on Arca Audience 2.0 when we get there, is going to be like, what deck would Brando just hate beyond all other decks? And it's going to have like Draco and a Talkthon Worm, and it's going to be like just a, like a Selesnia deck. So your Draco's going to cost like 12 still or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get on it, listeners. But you can play a Talkthon Worm for free. <laughs> yeah, because it's a token deck. Yeah. Because you love those. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to have tokens and Cathar's Crusade, all your favorite shit. Ah, wonderful. Okay, Spice Calculator. Spice Calculator. Now, this is not so good. Uh, remember, we suffer from the Zata effect. We suffer from... The Zata effect is so strong with this one because it's a Zata deck. <laughs> yeah, because we invented the term based on this deck. It's so strong that it bleeds into... The EDH rec uniqueness rating, like cards different than the stock list on EDHrec.com. I'm actually excited to see how low the number is. It's actually 26. So 26 of my cards are different than any cards that appear on the EDH rec page. And remember, there's like 130 cards on that page for Zeta. 
got 16 higher than I thought it was going to be. I actually had a number in my head. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 16 higher. You thought higher. it was going to be 10? I well, the, the stock list on EDH Rec doesn't include things like Grim Monolith and Mox Diamond uh, and um, Ether Flux Reservoir, like all the CEDH staples, right? So that's where I got my any spice that I got. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 866 Zata list on EDHREC.com. It makes it the fourth most popular mono red commander right behind your boy perf and right above my boy neheb the eternal yeah so in good company there duretti cranko perf zada neheb all good decks i think right felden nornan grenzo all good decks uh average converted mana cost take a guess 2.2 1.9 Ooh, dude hey Ooh. critical turn three nice that is low that is low as hell that is a turn three zada next turn win or that is a turn two Grim Monolith, turn three Dual Caster Mage, Infinite Attackers. And I've done both of those things. It's dirty, dude. It's it's bad. It's a Dirt Sandwich deck. The, I wasn't kidding in my intro when I said this is why he wins Dirt Sandwich of the Year. Yeah. He took a wonderful Goblin deck that's wholesome and low to the ground. And, and fun. The, yeah, and fun. And turn it into an absolute dirty motherfucking slog. Yeah, and it's, yeah, and it's hard to play. <laughs> it actually hurts my brain. Uh, optimal game size, four, because it only ever sees four-man pods. That's all it ever sees. Yeah. Uh, I'm an elitist. <laughs> well, anything lower than that, and you're probably just going to get your face kicked in because you're the fastest, and anything bigger than that, it's gonna you're going to have to do that much more work, and you're still going to get your face kicked in. Yeah, what you said. Tutors, two. That's fine. It's fine. That's fine. Sure. For, for a quote-unquote CDH deck, two tutors, are you, are you bad? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uniqueness rating, that's different than EDH rec cards 26 punch it all into the spice calculator uh -huh, 31 it's not it's not our lowest list i don't think right well we did that one where i built the whole list using edhrec.com oh yeah and it gave us a spice calculator of like 10 yeah because I, I couldn't <laughs> handle it and I actually just put in some cards just to keep it from being like zero yeah but yeah yeah super excellent dude yeah it's pretty i right. really like this deck it's a good deck. It actually is kind of a fun deck. It's it's a little bit dull to play against, I'm not going to lie, because it is that some combos you demonstrate it, and then the the, the game's over. It's like, hey, I'm going to do this over and over again until I win. And like the dual caster mage. It's like, it's just, here's it. Here's 400 hasty 2-2s. You have no blocks. Like, do you got, like, rift or no? Yeah. It, do you, Die. Can you stop me or not? Okay. But... Barring that, the deck just goes and digs and draws and goes and ramps and goes and dude and thing and whatever, whatever, whatever. And some people will scoop because they think he's going to win. And then sometimes he'll just hit a draw, draw seven land, whiff like hell, cry a little bit and say go. Yes, especially the crying part. And I have seen that happen more than once. Yeah, well, like that one time I attacked and then I drew into dual caster and then I was like, oh, dang, I guess my guys just died end of turn. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know what I, I I would like to say to any newer members of CCO Nation? If you're playing a combo list, if you're playing a deck that has lots of tutors or a lot of finicky interactions with dice and counters, practice the physical manipulation of cards and dice. It behooves you to get good at handling your cards, knowing what to tutor for, ticking dice up, it makes the game a lot faster and it makes people hate playing against you a lot less, which will translate into more games won. It, it could also physically translate into you being beat down less. Because I have yeah. I have punched Evan to death because his turns are too long on multiple occasions, even though killing somebody else would have been optimal. I just killed Evan so that we could get on to game two or three. Yeah, very much so. And when you're playing a combo list... Um, more so than just manipulating your physical cards. Learn how to play the combo. Learn how to trigger. Learn how to count your storm. Learn how to gain your life with all of the different triggers that are happening as you're casting spells to make the deck smoother, right? That's very important when you're trying to become like good at EDH. There's lots going on, and it takes practice. So uh, I guess goldfish, play with your friends. Make sure they all know what the expectations are that we're sitting down and playing like competitive combo city, right? Or CEDH or whatever you want to call it and just practice. And that makes it fun. And then it, it, it uh, eliminates people feeling singled out or like they brought a knife to a gunfight or it eliminates the, uh, the you getting beat down out of the game, right? Because everybody's like practicing CEDH. Yeah. Yeah. 
That sounds like a yes. final thought of the day, but I'll hand it over to you to, to actually do that. I'm going to count that actually as the final thought of the day, and I'm going to use that example of practice with your deck, and I'm going to give an example before I, I sign off with us for the day. If you play Biogenic Ooze, the new Ooze, and like me, you're like, holy crap, there's too many tokens and too many counters and too many things going on because of the way that the card works, that's an indication that you should sit down, read your cards, and practice with a deck. That's, I think that's a good measuring stick. Yeah. You should never be confused by an interaction in your own deck. So just, that's the measuring stick. If you hit it, you hit it. Other than that, be sure to check us out on Facebook and YouTube. Get yourself entered to win a cool prize, including a super dope-ass Zatahedron Grinder deck. If you liked what Ryan's playing today, F you. But be, feel free to check it out. It is a cool little puzzle deck, which I really like. It's lots of fun. It's very consistent. And it is way stronger than people give it credit for. And it's come a long way from being just a flimsy little aggro combo that it used to be all those years ago when CCO Nation was still in the big studio that recorded the air louder than our voices. So it's fun to be back here with all of you, episode 101. We're looking forward to 99 more before we hit episode 200. The march is on, and we'll be back again with you to revisit another deck on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Ooh.